You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. Do you love history but hate when it's stuffy and boring? Well, look no further and join me, Katie Charlwood, your friend the neighborhood social scientist and reader of books, as I delve into unsolved historical mysteries, murders by gaslight, and of course, women who have been misrepresented through all time. On Who Did What Now, the history podcast that's not your history class. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. What did it take to survive an ancient siege? Why was the cult of Dionysus behind so many slave revolts in ancient Rome? What's the tragic history and mythology behind Japan's most haunted ancient forest? We're Jen. And Jenny. From Ancient History Fangirl. Join us to explore ancient history and mythology from a fun, sometimes tipsy perspective. Find us at ancienthistoryfangirl.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome, 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 friends. I'm TK, your tour guide to the past, and you are listening to For the Love of History, the podcast where we talk about world history, women's history, weird history, and apparently we have turned into Author Central over here because we have our second author interview of the season. I am just absolutely delighted to introduce June Her, coffee addict, author of The Red Palace, and of course, fellow history nerd. Thank you so much for coming today, June. Thank you. Thank you so much for inviting me. We're so excited to have you. Um, I found you on Instagram. There was a really, really cool, like, net if my book was a Netflix, um, <laughs> like, uh, commercial, no, preview, yeah. that's what the <laughs> word I'm looking for. <laughs> and I saw it, and I was like, oh, this looks amazing, and uh, thoroughly stalked your Instagram, <laughs> and then went and bought your book. <laughs> well, I'm so glad that my reels works, and it reaches out to the right audience that I'm hoping to um acquaint with my work so so i'm really glad to hear yeah the internet works in magical ways sometimes Mm -hmm. i'm so happy that i saw it and then i kept seeing more and more of your (laughs) reels pop up and you were talking about different um korean dynasties Mm -hmm. and different types of writing in like how the korean writing changed to what it is Mm -hmm. today and i was like okay it's time. <laughs> I need to email her and ask her if she'll uh, be a guest on For the Love of History. And you said yes, and I'm so happy yeah. about that. <laughs> so the book that we are going to talk about today is The Red Palace. So mm-hmm. Yoon has written a few books um, about Korea and like Korean history inspired mm-hmm. things. But yep. this one is the newest that just came out in 2022. Mm-hmm. So can you tell us a little bit about the Red Palace? Sure. Uh, so the Red Palace, it's set in 1758 Joseon, Korea. And the Joseon dynasty began in 1392 and it ended mm-hmm. in 1910. So that's wow. the, it's like a really long dynasty and mine is set in 1758. Mm-hmm. And it's about a palace nurse who teams up with a handsome young inve- police investigator and they're looking into a series of grisly murders and then their investigation gets really complicated when the crown prince becomes the prime mm-hmm. suspect. 
Yes. yes. Dun, dun, dun. Oh my goodness. <laughs> we don't want to give away too many spoilers because it mm -hmm. is, it's a twisty turny book and I absolutely love it. Uh, I got it on audio version because I needed it immediately. I could not wait. <laughs> <laughs> I was listening to it in my kitchen, like doing dishes or something. And I realized that I had had the water running for like five minutes, just standing there at the climax of the book, like, no, no. <laughs> my husband was like, hey, hey, are you okay in there? Oh, God. Okay. Yeah, no, I'm fine. <laughs> the characters that you've built in this book are just so, like, relatable. They're incredibly oh, relatable. And the nurse, uh, please pronounce her name for me. I do not want to mess it up. Hyun. Hyun, yes. yes. I was really happy to have the audio version of the <laughs> book so I could ha have all the pronunciations. Mm -hmm. So Hyun is, comes from not the best background. Mm -hmm. And she really, truly crawls her way to the top. How did you come up with that character? What was your inspiration? So for me, it was inspired by my own personal struggles, like as an author in the mm -hmm. in the publishing industry. So I've I've always been super ambitious. Like I've always, for like 10 years, I tried to get published. It didn't mm -hmm. work. And so during that time, especially as a young adult, mm. um, I remember my identity as just an individual got so tied up with what I can accomplish as mm -hmm. a writer. Mm. And so I, I look back at that time and I see how toxic it was because, you know, my worth isn't measured by what I can accomplish. Yeah. And I think that is something, you know, adults struggle with, but it's also something that young adults and teens struggle mm. with as well. And so I wanted to kind of like take that, ex that experience that continues to, it's something I'm always wrestling with and I wanted mm -hmm. to take that and I wanted to kind of, structure like develop a character based on um this kind of core uh challenge core like skeleton in the closet of mine um yeah that kind of shaped into hyun who's super ambitious she wants to and she places so much of her own self-worth on what she can accomplish and wanting to like please her father too and that's mm -hmm. kind of parallels with my own life as a teenager yeah. or young as well yeah her inner dialogue is so interesting and kind of heart-wrenching at some points and her relationships with not only her father but her mother mm -hmm. as well i think really reflect what a lot of young people and adults yeah. Yeah, go exactly. through in their life i know i resonated <laughs> with her so hard i was like oh young <laughs> Same girl, same. <laughs> so how did you choose this dynasty, the Chosung dynasty? Mm -hmm. What drew you to that particular time? Mm -hmm. So I'm I'm drawn to Chosung dynasty in general because there's more resources for me to work with. Mm. Um, so that's like the general answer. But then specifically I chose um the the late the late is it early 19th century? Hold on. 1750s. Yep. 18th century. <laughs> 18th century, yes. Um, so okay, I chose I have to do it as well. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Um, so yeah, I, I chose the 18th century mainly because I wanted to 
write a story inspired loosely by the life of Crown Prince Hado. Mm -hmm. And so I didn't, I didn't, I wanted I wanted to situate it during the time when he's it's not too early on where mm -hmm. he wasn't going through this, um, where, where he wasn't in his down, downward spiral. And mm -hmm. I didn't want to set it too late into it where it's like nearing his execution. I wanted to set mm -hmm. it kind of like close to the end of his life, but not too close. So that I ended up with 1758 mm -hmm. and he passed away in 1762. Mm. So yeah, so I ended up choosing 1758. And yeah, like this was a story, like the Crown Prince was a story, a historical event that I always grew up hearing. Mm. And but back then I wasn't really interested. I, I'd be like, oh, who is this? Why do like my parents and other people call him like the rice chest prince? And I kind of shrugged it off, being like, it's weird. And yeah. I wasn't interested. But then when I was researching for my first book, mm -hmm. um, I stumbled across the story of Crown Prince Sado, Sado mm -hmm. the you know, quote unquote, the rice chest prince. Yeah. And then when I read it, I was just like, oh, this is really tragic. So sad. Yeah. <laughs> so tragic. Um mm -hmm. And then I found an entire memoir written by his wife. And that's when I was like, oh. I like one day, I was like, one day I want to write a book about the Crown Prince. I don't know how, but I want to mm. write a book about him. And then that kind of led to the Red Palace. It's really interesting. You get to see both sides of the palace walls, mm -hmm. I, I guess. Like it, what life was like inside the palace and then what life was like for quote unquote normal non-palace <laughs> people and it's so fascinating and i am a huge lover of history and my my degree was in japanese history mm -hmm. and i never really learned a lot about korean history so this mm -hmm. book was an absolutely wonderful introduction into korean history mm -hmm. and do you have any recommendations for people to like get started so for you you really enjoy not enjoyed I don't know a, a good word for what you resonated. <laughs> you were moved by the rice chess prince story. Yeah. <laughs> what other stories that you heard um, kind of came into the book? Hmm. Um, so other stories would be, um, so it's actually a, a historical figure named Tejangum, mm -hmm. and she was. There's also a Korean drama inspired by her life, but Tejangum was one of the most like legendary Korean female nurses, mm. and so that's also a story I grew up with. And and I didn't really like I, you know, when I was younger, like I didn't do research, so I was just like, oh, like kind of shrugged it off. But then when I was doing my research and I studied about uh, these group of nurses called Uinya. Mm -hmm. uh, the more I learned about them, it was just like, so fascinating. And I kind of combined my fascination for the race chess prince and mm -hmm. um, the system of the nursing system back in uh, the Chosen period. And then kind of combined both my passions into one book. Yeah, it's incredible. I had no idea that the it seemed like the nurses of the Chosung dynasty were so well organized <laughs> and really uh, amazing. I had no mm -hmm. idea about the pulse reading <laughs> and all of the other herbalism things. How did you find out information about that? Uh, so I was fortunate enough to have, um, so there's like this Korean academic resource that was also available 
through Google Books mm. that I was able to buy. And yeah, it just ha it had so many details, like even like um, like even medical entries, diary entries from nurses and it taught, yeah, it, it had everything. And then, and I was just like, oh, like I, I, I knew how to read Korean enough to access that. And so it was, re it's really fascinating because um, the Korean, the female nurses, their existence was actually very rooted in like a very patriarchal kind of <laughs> system because they were created because they're like, you know what, Korea was back then like very steeped in Confucianism. And mm -hmm. so it was very gender segregated. So mm -hmm. like male physicians can only touch male, like male um, patients. Patient. And, yeah. and they're not allowed to associate with women. And so you have these female royals passing away and stuff and aristocrats, female aristocrats. And they're like, oh. and there were even stories of how doctors would try to read a female woman's pulse by tying a string around her and holding it oh to a veil. And they're just, because like the women are like, you told us like the law states, women and men are not supposed to associate with each other. Yeah. And I don't want a male physician, right? Because <laughs> that's breaking the rule. And so I think it was King Tejo. Um, but yeah, earlier in the Chosun period, mm -hmm. um, a king ended up creating the system of the raising of nurses oh. by hire by bringing in actually servant servant girls, yeah, because you know women aristocratic women or middle class women it, mm -hmm. it's looked it looked it's looked down on to be you know mingling with men and stuff, which is required of mm -hmm. nurses. And so you have servant girls being super educated and trained up to become really smart female physicians and that entire book kind of outlined what their day looked like um about the herbs used about yeah. pulse reading and all that and so i just like tried to jam in as much as i learned into the book i mean you did an excellent job as i feel like i know way more about nursing in the chosung dynasty than i do <laughs> now in 2023 <laughs> it's incredible so we have this nurse who you know for her lack of a better phrase, picked herself up by her bootstraps and got into the palace. And then mm -hmm. we also have this other character, the dashing, if I might say, uh, police mm -hmm. man. Uh, could you let us know what his name is <laughs> for pronunciation? Yes, his name, his name is Ojin, and his last name is Ha. So it's Ha mm -hmm. Ojin. Ha Ojin. Yeah, yes. he. <sighs> <laughs> The the meet cute between Sojin and Hyun is so funny. It's hilarious. And I don't want to spoil it at all because I, I want you to listen to it or read it, whichever. Um, <laughs> but it's fantastic. So how did you find the that character how did you come up with him so there's a fun story behind that i actually for the long so for the longest time i wanted to write about crown prince hado mm -hmm. but i didn't know how to approach the story like i i tried writing it through the eyes of the crown prince and i was like mm -hmm. oh, this is really dark yeah. and and then i tried to write it through other royals like princesses or mm -hmm. other princes but i was just like i just wasn't feeling it because i'm very into like marginalized voices like marginalized yeah. women so people who are a bit more at a distance from the royals so i like so i kind of put that the crown prince had story aside for the longest time until um while i was working on my second book the forest of stolen girls with my editor mm. 
like she was leaving comments in my manuscripts as she always does. And then in one of the comments, like towards the end, there was this uh, inspector and nurse character that popped up towards the end. Mm -hmm. And she was just like, oh, like, you know, June, you mentioned you wanted to write a romance one day. It would be so cool to have an inspector and a nurse duo. And I was, and then something just sparked in my brain. I was like, <laughs> like that is such a fun kind of crime solving duo to have. And then somehow I, I was just like, oh, like, you know, I could use them to explore the story of Crown Prince Hado. And so, yeah. and so that's how the inspector character came to be. Um, and then how I shaped his character was, I just needed, I, I shaped his character by figuring out, like trying to figure out what kind of guy would Hyun fall for? Like she would obviously not fall for like an alpha male. She would not yeah. fall for someone who is like really mean and disrespects women. I'm like, mm -hmm. I need someone who's like very sweet who has authority to like investigate, but mm -hmm. he's like, he's like this guy who's just like, oh my gosh, this girl's so smart. <laughs> like I want her to work with me. And so that's how Ojin came to be. Yeah, he was like, <laughs> there was moments that I was just, I couldn't even handle myself. I was like, Ojin, oh, <laughs> that was sweet. <laughs> and it was so, so funny and so weird to be like this smitten over a character and then being like, oh, they're investigating the murders of these women. Okay, get it together. Yeah. Like, <laughs> but you did that in the most like artful and not, I feel like sometimes mm -hmm. romance going on, the romance in the novel is kind of gross. It's mm. it's too, too, I don't even know the word for it. It's just too much yeah. for what's going on mm -hmm. in the story. But in the way you wrote this, you never forget what's happening, mm -hmm. which is exactly like what real life is. You can fall in love with somebody in the most, mm -hmm horrible times in your life yeah. but you never forget what's going on yet you can mm -hmm. still fall in love and i think that yeah. it's often forgotten in a lot of murder mystery romance books mm. so incredible job doing Thank that you. that was great <laughs> yeah, i'm so glad <laughs> so my next question for you is how did you keep all of these characters straight in your brain how did you mm -hmm. build this world so I know the Chosong Dynasty is a real place, but mm -hmm. you had to keep all of this straight in your brain. What was your process? Are you a sticky note gal or how did you do this? I always ask myself, why am I doing this to myself? My brain hurts. <laughs> so there's that. Um, and then I think I'm also an outliner. So I, mm -hmm. I outline chapter by chapter mm -hmm. and then, you know, book by book i'm starting to figure out okay i need to learn how to introduce characters a bit slowly yeah. and so as i'm introducing characters slowly i get to know the characters myself mm. um but i also use this uh tool called scrivener or oh. scrivener, scrivener uh, mm -hmm. which is a writing tool and it it allows you to organize your notes and so i have like this folder of lots of tabs with all the characters that I want involved in my book. And then if I'm not using a character in the end, I just like delete that tab, put it into the trash. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I have like tabs of all the characters. And so I'll have, you know, like Jean, and it's like, what kind of, you know, who would I, what kind of actor would I cast for him? And like, what is his personality? Um, I, I also try to like give them one of those like, Put them through a Myers Briggs test so I can get a more objective idea of 
like what kind of personality they have. Yeah, that helps me keep consistent. Oh my gosh, June, that is amazing. (laughs) Myers Briggs, your character. It's a lot of work. (laughs) (laughs) But it clearly pays off because each one of your characters are truly their own person and very Mm. well developed. I'm not a book critic, but (laughs) I think I'm pretty good at judging a good book. (laughs) I'm so glad to. (laughs) Just excellent. Thank you. And then for the storyline, do you use that uh, Scrivener tool for the Mm storyline as well? Um, I, so, so then I use an Excel sheet for the plotting. (laughs) (laughs) Scrivener is like, it's good for like drafting and like dumping in information. But then if I want to have something really organized, Excel really helps because it's like, so a story has a lot of plot beats that I need to Mm -hmm. meet. So there's like, you know, um, the setup and like the inciting incident and then like towards the middle you have like the climax and then yeah. and then right after that it's like the dark night of the soul and so there's all these beats and then next to it I kind of outline like the plot that kind of encompasses that beat mm-hmm. and then and so yeah it's like just easier to work with to have like ex- actual cells yeah. to write within and move things around and stuff like that. That is so smart. I'm sure there are some aspiring authors out there who are like, thank you so much. (laughs) At the beginning of our interview, you were saying that you created the character, um, Hyun, kind of not as yourself, but like taking a part of yourself and putting it into a book. Was it kind of cathartic to write this book and these characters in this way? Yes, for sure. Um, so I think with every book, what what keeps me invested in the book is putting mm-hmm. my own personal issues like that I want to wrestle with. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think just writing about just like a girl learning to overcome that kind of ghost of hers, which is, you know, mm-hmm. if I don't accomplish things then I'm not worthy. Um, mm-hmm. So I think being able to see her overcome it, it kind of reminds me like June you have overcome it before and you can overcome it again because it's like it's not a one-time kind of battle right like it's something we always battle with for the rest of our lives probably Mm -hmm. playing that comparison game and so having it kind of enshrined within a book it's like a remind like constant reminder to me like you are not you know the work that you can produce and even if you fail it's okay like you could you know you're still worthy you're still you know, where they have love and you mm-hmm. and, and things like that. Um, so in that sense, it's very cathartic. And it's also very, it was personally as a history nerd, very satisfying for me because I was able to parallel what Hyun was going through with her father with uh-huh. what kind of the crown prince was going through with his own father. Yeah. Because I, because I wasn't writing through the close, I wasn't writing a, a story very close to the crown prince. And so I wasn't really mm-hmm. able to explore what it was like to grow up with a father who's like so disappointed in you yeah um which was the crown prince's life and mm-hmm. so instead of that i kind of tried to try to mirror that toxic abusive relationship in mm-hmm. the relationship between the heroine and the father and so it was cathartic in the sense that we never really see a resolution between the crown prince and the king it just ends up in the king killing his son yeah um but with hyun you kind of see a resolution towards the end of the book it's mm-hmm, bittersweet mm-hmm. but there's a resolution yeah and so for me it was just like oh, like 
Uh, at least there's a resolution <laughs> in this kind of parallel story that I created. Mm -hmm. I'm so interested in Crown Prince Hadol and his relationship with his dad. Did everybody really just kind of know that his dad hated him? Yes. <sighs> so if you if so Lady Hegyeong's memoir, it's like a fantastic memoir and it's actually one of the rare biographies written by an East Asian woman. Nice. to have yeah so you know back then especially in korea like women weren't ex allowed to weren't expected to you know write books and stuff yeah yeah so if so in her memoirs she takes a she documents um the life of her husband crown pintado with a lot of detail mm. and so she talks about how um the king each time the king would kind of assemble his officials to talk like her husband would be crown pintado would be like he'd be like, I know they're basically bad-mouthing me and trying to figure out ways to get rid of him, Sado. Um, so yeah, he grew up with, yeah, the palace was basically against him. There were a handful of people who were who were on his side, mm -hmm. but then over his lifetime, one by one, they all passed away from age. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he was basically alone in the palace. And obviously that doesn't excuse the atrocities that he committed, yeah. um, but I think yeah it's it's historical fact like he was he the his father and officials were against him um so there is this strain among scholars in korea that mm -hmm. have kind of strayed away from seeing him as like this you know quote unquote like this crazy psychopath killer very problematic term yeah, yeah like <laughs> away from that and um positioning more positioning him more as a victim a political victim yeah um but yeah it, it is a historical fact though that he did mm -hmm. he was a murderer and he mm -hmm. was also a rapist um mm -hmm. so it's like yeah he's like a very taboo very controversial figure to talk about yeah it's like how do you talk about him without romanticizing him or glorifying him yeah. but also acknowledging that he was a, a, a victim of abuse as well mm -hmm. i like historic fiction sometimes more than like a straight history book because mm -hmm. i think historic fiction allows for that nuance a little mm -hmm. bit more mm -hmm. you're you you're not forced to really flatten out the characters um as much as i think history non-fiction history books mm -hmm. are not required but tend to lean towards mm -hmm. so while everything in your book is not a hundred percent accurate i think we get a really human, human-like <laughs> view of these characters and what they could have been like in their real life. I was just mm -hmm. talking about this on a previous episode about how people really like to put people from the past in either the villain or the hero mm -hmm. categories. Yes. And I like that you leave room for the grayness because there is always grayness in mm -hmm. life. And I, your book is actually the first book that I've ever written, uh, written. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Please write it. <laughs> I'll write it to you, don't worry. <laughs> your book is the first book I've ever read that is a Korean historical mm. fiction. And I don't know of any other ones out there. Mm -hmm. So how was that kind of breaking into the publishing world? Like, hey, I have this idea. 
you know, for this Korean historical fiction, please publish me. Like there are so many historical fictions about Western people and things and not a lot about East Asian or Southeast Asian mm -hmm. uh, historical figures. So how was that for you trying to break into the market? Um, initially, I, I was terrified. And I, so I first had the idea to attempt to write a Korean historical in 2015. Mm -hmm. But then I was like, oh, like, I don't see any, I don't see that. Like I tried Googling and I saw only like a handful of Korean historicals that mm -hmm. didn't really break out or like one or two, just a handful of YA Korean historical fantasies. Mm -hmm. um, so I was kind of hesitant for about a year. And then in 2016, I kind of just, I was just like, yeah, screw it. I'm just going to write it. Um, <laughs> and I was also encouraged because I saw this whole, like, um, we need diverse books movement in the mm -hmm. YA sphere. Mm -hmm. so that was encouraging to me. Um, and I'm not sure when Pachinko was written, but it. I remember, like, back then, like, I don't think it was. Yeah, Pachinko was, like, later on, I think. Mm -hmm. um, and so it, it was kind of like, a time when I was like, I didn't see too many Korean historicals. Then I just, it was it was confusing to me though because you know K dramas were on the rise, and I saw a lot of people watching, even in the West, people watching Korean historicals, K dramas. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, so there, there's like this kind of gap mm. where there is like this huge push in Korean historical media, but then there's like a, it, the shelves are empty. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm going to write the book that I want to read. Like yeah. when I'm going to a historical K-drama withdrawal, like I want to be able to pick up a Korean historical book. Is when I go on like, you know, BBC dramas, like mm -hmm. in person, like when I go through BBC withdrawals, like I have tons of like Victorian era mysteries to pick up. And so, <laughs> I, yeah, I just wanted to fill that gap. Um, and then fortunately, because of that push for diversity that kind of that opened a lot of doors for me and the reception was really good because because there are people who want to learn more about korean history as well wow. um and then yeah and then from there on i think there's been so many more for sure pachinko has opened lots of doors for korean incredible book. yeah incredible yeah, book. exactly mm -hmm. yeah so it's it wasn't it was daunting at first but i realized like I, I didn't have to be too worried. That's awesome. Oh, I'm so glad. Thank you for writing the book. Uh, <laughs> so throughout this journey of, you know, coming up with the idea, creating the book, drafting, you know, I'm sure there was a lot of work with finding the cover images and, you know, going to events and stuff like that. Has there been a moment where you're just like, wow, this is actually happening. What is going on? Has, has there been any moments like that? Um, I think, I think because I published all three books in the pandemic, so, so I think it's been kind of like, am I an author? <laughs> Sometimes I'll stare at my book and I'll be like, huh, like. I those are my books but it's like this weird like it's a weird yeah it, it feels like kind of i feel like very detached in a way mm. um but then recently when i did go to a book event um and there are people coming up being like like can you sign all three of my books and i was just like oh okay so there's like this it kind of feels i'm i'm so grateful but at the same time it like 
feels like I'm signing someone else's book. Yeah. Um, yeah. So hopefully, so hopefully I'll get used to it a bit more, that imposter syndrome. Yeah, like when I do get moments of like interacting with readers, like I do feel like so grateful and it it, it just feels like, like, oh my gosh, like it feels like a dream come true as well. Oh, I'm so glad you should have all of those feelings all the time because this is, I cannot overstate enough how much I love this book and it was just excellent. So yeah, I highly, highly recommend picking up this book, uh, learning about Hyun's life and the uh, Chosong dynasty because it is an incredible introduction into that time period. So before we go today, June, is there any final thoughts that you have for our listeners about the book or anything else? I would say just thank you so much for listening and thank you for inviting me and I can't wait to listen to all your podcasts too because I'm, I'm, I'm always like so hungry to learn more about history as well oh thank you so much June and I will put links to all of June's books not only the Red Palace but uh, her other ones uh, in the show notes I'll post it on Instagram all of that fun stuff and you can go buy the Red Palace and all of her other books as well. <laughs> and I will see you in the outro. Well, hello there, my delicious little donut. Thank you so much for listening to episode 98 of For the Love of History podcast. It was an absolute delight to have June on the episode. And again, you can find all of her books and social media in the show notes below. I will link all of them, everything, all of it. <laughs> hey, this is Editor TK jumping in here real quick. Thank you so much for your patience with last week's episode and uh, the tiny change in plan for this week's episode. I know, I know I said we were going to learn about the French rat trials, but that'll be next week. So don't worry. Okay, back, back to regular TK. We are creeping ever closer to episode 100. And if you'd like to participate, in the live recording, you can head over to Instagram and submit your questions for me or Mama TK. And you can also slide on into my DMs and ask a question or shoot me an email. Whatever works for you. I am so excited for that live episode. I will be going live on either YouTube or Instagram. Still trying to figure that out, so stay tuned. And also, don't forget, there will be a giveaway starting this Monday, July 24th. So stay tuned for those details and with that i will say adieu dear one don't forget to do something that makes you happy drink that water take good care of yourself and i will see you next week when we for real real talk about the french rat trials okay love you bye Hello everyone, it's Takuyi here. And I'm Gabby. And we are the hosts of History of Everything, a podcast which you can probably guess by the name is, well, I mean, it's about everything. Do you want to know why people thought potatoes were evil and would give you syphilis? Are you curious about all the stories of the terrible and stupid ways that people have kicked the bucket over the years? Do you want to hear tales about all of the different badasses of history and the lives that they had brought to life? Well, if so, then look no further. History of Everything is just the right podcast for you. 
It's available on Spotify, Pandora, and anywhere else that you get your podcast from. Join us for some fun and just see how weird and wacky history can be.